seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor, and I'm the host for today's program. Friends, what does it look like to go from being an atheist to having an incredible passion for the Lord? What do we do with doubt when it starts to enter our minds? And how does God show us his grace, his mercy, his kindness on so many levels? That's what today's program is going to be all about. And it is my pleasure to welcome to our show, Brian Larson. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Deb. It's good to be here. Oh, my goodness. You know, I was thinking as in processing as we were getting ready for the show that you and I have known each other for so long, but in a business capacity. Mm-hmm. And we really never had a conversation about the Lord. No. And then we started and it was like we couldn't shut up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's so much to talk about. <laughs> it's just great. Well, Brian... So many things about your testimony have inspired me, and I just feel like we sort of need to almost take it back for you to, even when you were growing up, because it actually ties into your entire testimony. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that upbringing. Like, what was it like for you to grow up, and how did you know God when you were growing up? Okay, um, you know, I've been fortunate. I've been surrounded by good people my whole life. I I come from a family with eight kids, and... I was kind of in the middle, and my brothers and sisters, my older ones, they were, you know, almost like having more parents in a way. Uh, and I kind of looked up to them, and it was a good place to be. And then I had a few younger ones that I could tease and so on and so forth. And, and uh, you know, my mom and dad, they wanted me to be a Christian, and they took me to church every single week. And... They t- my, my mom more so than my dad talked to me about Jesus. Uh, but there was things that came in that caused doubt. And I'm, and I'm sort of like a, I'm a person who has a hard time. I'm skeptical always, you know? Yeah. Like if I, is it, would it be okay if I just read this verse? Because I feel like this verse just totally describes yeah. the opposite Oh my gosh, of me. Okay? Let's, let's bring it in. Okay. This one here. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. I was just reading that verse the other day and I'm like, Brian, this is exactly the opposite of you. I waver all the time. I am so easily get into this doubtful mode and I'm hardly ever fully convinced of anything. I'm always a little question, question, questioning. And, uh, you know, just... I identify with like doubting Thomas or or that father that said, "Lord, I believe, help my unbelief." And so there was just there was just that something about my nature, and then there was other things that kind of contributed, I guess. Yeah, um, one of the things you and I talked about is uh, there's a couple things that we, we got to get to here, but like this, oh, we're going to go to church early because you know if you get to church. 30 minutes early, somehow you're going to be holier than. <laughs> Not that if a person isn't spending the time in prayer and being with, but there's sort of this, if you do this, then this mm-hmm. is going to come. And that's something that both you and I really resonated on together mm-hmm. of just that whole belief system around that. Uh, and then I know you and I were talking about Santa Claus. We've got to bring this into this doubt piece because I mm-hmm. think this is a huge conversation. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people will we'll kind of laugh about that when you find out Santa Claus isn't real. But yeah, it is kind of a serious thing because I wholeheartedly believe for six years that Santa Claus is real. And suddenly this friend of mine says, oh, Santa Claus isn't real. And then I, I was angry and I went home and told my mom what he said. And 
And she's like, oh, well, he isn't real. And you know, wow, I mean, that just called into question so many things for me. It's like, what? Mom, you know, you, you, you always told me he was real. And then, so then it just, for a person like me who easily doubts things, it just started, it just really planted a big seed of doubt. You know, know, Brian, I'm really glad that we're talking about this because I've actually heard this from several Christians that because of things like Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny and all those things that in a sense, and of course, we all know everybody does it with good intention and everything. There's no malintent. But when we all of a sudden find out what the truth is. Mm So what if the truth about Jesus wasn't the truth? Like, is that real? Like, and, and it actually is something that people can start to plant seeds of doubt on multiple levels with us, right? Right. I mean, by the time I was like 19 and I was going to college and there was an atheist club and they'd always be having these signs that said, Jesus and Santa Claus are pretend. And you know how that resonated with me? With all the other doubt that I had encountered. It was just like, I was just, I just jumped on that. Yep. That is exactly right. Jesus, Santa Claus, the Easter bunny. It's all just pretend. Yeah. And, and I don't mean any disrespect to my mom and dad. I, they, they ever, I mean, they were great. I have, I'm blessed with a great yeah, mom and dad. I'm absolutely. super thankful. And I think one of the things that as we presence these things, can we hold both? We can have amazing parents, we can have amazing experiences, and we can also acknowledge that this played a role in yes. how you actually joined the atheist club. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the good news is now you're in the Jesus club. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just make this very clear. And what I love about what you're also speaking to is this is how the enemy works. Those belief systems, the enemy will grab those belief systems and try to pull us into them. Yeah. And take us down and look at how easily that happened for you because the enemy just played on that doubt piece for you. Yes, and even once I was a believer, he still wanted to play in that doubt game with me. Like, you know, come on, Brian, you don't really think you're saved, do you, just by trusting Jesus? I mean, look at all these bad thoughts you have. Look at all, you know, I bet people can't even really tell you're a Christian. And and just looking at my performance and saying, yeah, I wonder, maybe... Maybe that was just like an emotional thing and, you know, just question, question, uncertainty. There was something, there was something that I needed, which now I'm, I've learned it's called assurance of salvation and I needed that and I did find it, thankfully. Yeah, we're going to get to that assurance of salvation uh, a little bit later. So I want to go back to this. So here you are in college, you join the Atheist Club, you're doing all kinds of things out there, Mm -hmm. which probably include maybe a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a few other things, and, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe even a little stint in jail. That's right. It's hard to believe this this mild-mannered accountant, Brian Larson. I spent, well, you know, actually I was sentenced to a year in jail, but I only had to serve one week. Um, but, you know, they say jail doesn't work, but it worked for me. I looked around, and I was like, hey, Brian, you know, this isn't where you want to be. And... I started making some better decisions, but I still would have told you I'm an atheist. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. And then there was this moment that changes everything. As if, like, we should, like, intro music, intro <laughs> <laughs> springtime. I don't know. What, so this is this really this life-changing moment. Yeah. And I bet you're talking about this time when I looked and saw this really hot young lady and... I, you know, I was like, hey, she's, she's all right, you know, and I got, we got to be a thing. 
And, uh, you know, the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And that is exactly what happened. But I can, I got to be honest, that is not at all what I was thinking at the time. So, yeah, yeah, we think, but, we might know, know what you were yeah, thinking. Yeah, <laughs> God, God, you know, he knows the beginning from the end. That's what he was thinking, but yeah. not what I was thinking. Yeah, I love this. So, and, and we could probably let everybody know it's your wife, Tina, who, yes, yep. but at the time was not. And God actually used this uh, interest in her that you had to actually start drawing you to church. So talk to us about that experience. Yeah. Um, well, as like, by the way, at this time, Tina wasn't even saved, but, you know, I started making better decisions and, and we, we got married and things like this. And Tina became a Christian and I'm like very disappointed, kind of like, you know, and just kind of rolling my eyes. And she's super excited about Jesus trying to tell me and I'm not wanting anything to do with it. And... uh she got kind of a little discouraged, but then she just said, I'm not going to say anything anymore. I'm just going to pray. And then God went to work and just one thing after another, crushing that doubt and just bringing people into my life, like college professors at a secular university. And like I had three college professors that witnessed to me. I mean, how crazy is that? Well, and that's so God. Yeah. God is. can't, God in, in his craziness, right? Uh, right? If we can, if we yeah. can call it that. Yeah. And what I love that you're speaking to is that God will use it all. Mm-hmm. He'll use people around us. He uses the people right in our midst. He uses people. Like even sometimes I see a t shirt, somebody's wearing a t shirt that has a God reference to it. Um, if I'm working out at the gym or something and I just think, oh, it's just, it's reinforcing. Yes. You know, yeah. like we're, we never know what God is going to use. No, we re- we really don't. And it's like, and honestly, some, sometimes like, um, as I'm looking back, thinking of people who tried to like witness to me and they probably thought like, wow, that sure was a waste. I, I, I you know, like I was so critical and everything. And, and they probably walked away thinking like, oh, I probably just drove that guy further away from the Lord. But no, really, I mean, there's probably like, honestly, I'm not exaggerating. There's probably like about 50 to 60 different things that happened trying to push me towards the Lord. And I was a, a very resistant, but it was like a tiny bit at a time. And then finally there was this thing like the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever. You know? Yeah. What was the straw for you that broke the camel's back? Well, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was a particular passage. It's like three verses. Is it okay if I just would read it? Yeah, maybe? absolutely. Okay. So it was this. Um, it was in Mark where it's in, and it's and Jesus is saying, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And I'm like, yeah, that's that in my skeptical negative self. I'm like, yeah, you know, so everybody in the United States is going to go to hell because we're rich. That. That's real loving, and I'm I'm so negative, and so I feel ashamed saying that. But um, that's that's who I was, and well, it goes on though. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, "Who then can be saved?" And that's exactly what's going on in my mind. Well, who can be saved? You know, somehow somehow I missed verse twenty-seven. But Jesus looked at them and said, "With men it is impossible, but not with God." For with God, all things are possible. And that just really hit me like a ton of bricks. And all of a sudden, the lights came on. And the pastor was saying, I wasn't even thinking of a, a, an altar call, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And I went forward. 
and I received Jesus Christ that day. Oh my gosh, praise the Lord. Oh my gosh, there's so much more to talk about with this. And I love that you're pointing to God makes the impossible possible. We have more to come. We're going to take a brief pause and then we'll be coming back to talk more with Brian Larson, who was once a member of the Atheist Club and now a follower of Jesus Christ. Oh, friends, there's so much more to come. Don't go anywhere. We're taking a brief pause to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. This is Deb McGregor. Live joy, share joy. Realtors Noemi and Harry Aylesworth are happy to share they are now affiliated with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice. Serving all of your real estate needs in Bemidji, Bagley, Black Duck, Cass Lake, and surrounding communities. They are dedicated to finding you the home you deserve. Whether you're selling or buying property, they will serve you with honesty and integrity. You can expect a better real estate experience. Life takes you many places. Let Team Aylesworth, Noemi and Harry of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice take you home. This is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy and Live Joy, Share Joy. I like to be infused with joy all the time. Every Monday through Friday, I do an Infusion of Joy video on Facebook and Instagram. I cover a topic related to joy and provide insights, perspectives, and distinctions, as well as offer an opportunity for you to continue digging even deeper into your own joy. Make sure you're following me on the Life Full of Joy Facebook page and on Instagram at Live Joy, Share Joy. This is Deb McGregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. I am always looking for guests who may be interested in joining me for our program. If you or someone you know has a testimony of how God is working in his or her life, I'd love to hear from you. I have an interest form on my website at lifefulofjoy.com that you can fill out and submit to me. We are often booking shows out two to three months in advance, so please be patient as we go through our interest forms. Shine your light to the This is Deb McGregor, Live Joy, Share Joy. We are speaking with Brian Larson, and we are talking all about this amazing moment where he decides to go up for this altar call and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Take us to that moment. Yeah, you know, the pastor wasn't really planning on it being this kind of thing, but he just he said, I just sense that the Holy Spirit is leading me. Is there, you know, anyone, you know, I don't remember all the words, but, you know, kind of like that altar call thing, and, and I right away wanted to go forward, and there was... My eyes were really hot and sweaty, and, and it was like a really emotional thing, and it was a really exciting time, but it was not long before then doubt started to, yeah. to come in. I was, was curious weird. about yeah. that. So yeah. you accept the Lord, and then, of course, the enemy just decides, oh, let me wreak a little more havoc here, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So what did... How did the doubt feel different at this point than maybe it did before? Like, did you have a place to go to maybe process it differently? Not for a while. I mean, honestly, some of my doubts were actually coming from church messages that I heard that weren't very clear, that were confusing me and causing more doubt. But then, um, and I just kind of randomly struggled along for like four years. Wow. And then, just by God's grace, went into this church that I was just visiting for no, because we were, we were here, in, it was here in Bemidji, um, Don Stolhammer, Northern Bible Chapel, and he had a message that really laid it out and it really hit home for me. Wow. Yeah. If I, like there is a particular verse that he said. That yeah, was, we got it. Okay? it yes, okay. absolutely. And it was like in 1 Corinthians three eleven through 15, it's kind of talking about rewards, you know, and it's no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, 
each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Now this is the part that really hit me. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. And that just really resonated with me. I'm like, okay, I have that foundation, Jesus Christ. I've been building with straw, and that's all going to get burned up someday. But I have the foundation. I know for sure I'm saved. And I got, then I got an excitement that was almost impossible for doubt to yeah. Yeah. defeat. Boy, just, you know. I literally just felt a whoosh of the Holy Spirit go through me. When you said that, I was like, I could feel the whoosh going through. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, amen. And this is why, like, I'm so glad you're bringing this up because we'll, I'll often hear people say, well, like, how do I really know I'm saved? Or how do I really know this? And that is it right there. Mm-hmm. And your foundation is on Jesus Christ. Yeah, on Jesus Christ and just simply believing his promises. I mean, if if anybody ever wanted to know, I could show you like a hundred verses that just reassure you. So, and our tendency, though, is to look at our performance. And then mm-hmm. that just leads to a downward spiral of more doubt. Yeah. But if we just will believe God's promises, if you're unsure, look at God's word or ask people who know God's word. Yeah. And you can see it's it's just believe God's promises. Mm-hmm. It's it's his promise to you, not your promise to him. And and honestly, even to this day, I can't say, oh, I've got such amazing faith. No, um, it's amazing. God's amazing grace to me. Not that my faith is that amazing. And, you know, Jesus even said to a lot of people like, hey, yeah. he criticized, he, he said, why do you doubt? Or why do you, ha-, you know, why is your faith so weak? And you know, even talking to the apostles, so... I think we just got to be open and be honest and say, you know, my faith isn't really that great all the time. I mean, I know mine isn't, and some probably have a lot more faith than I do. But, you know, almost everybody has some doubts still, I think. And yeah. well, just what do you do with that doubt? And, and I often think about, if we stop and think about, like, where does judgment come into this, right? Because then it's like, oh, I start having a doubt. Oh, then I start judging that I'm doubting. And then I really spiral myself, right? Exactly, yeah. And really, I think God makes it pretty clear. He is the judge, right? Mm -hmm. And the other piece that I love that you're bringing up is dig into the word. Mm -hmm. When you dig into the word and prayer, God is there. Yeah, he is. and, And, you know, we're his child. I mean, we're adopted into his family and now... God, who's the good father, is he going to be this kind of person who adopts you and say, oh, you know, Brian, little dissatisfied with your performance. Um, sorry, um, I, I'm, I'm just taking you back to the orphanage or, you know, you're 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 going. I'm just going to have to let you go to hell because I'm a little disappointed with your performance. You haven't quite lived up to my expectations. No, he knew before at the time he redeemed me that I would disappoint him and he was still willing to do that. Yeah. You know? Well, and what I also love that you're pointing to is sort of this distinction between the earthly concept of performance, right? Mm-hmm. And where we are with God. Yeah. Just, they're two totally different yes, things, yes, right? right. Like our, our position is we are God's child. Is every child a superstar child? I mean, I have three children and at any given time when I was raising them up, there'd be one that maybe was acting up a little or whatever, but they were always all my children. I always loved them. And I know that God sometimes has been pretty frustrated with me, but he's always loved me, and he's never once said, uh, I think I'm going to have to kick you out of the family, Brian. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, no. it's so true. And that assurance of salvation is just, like, absolutely so key. 
One of the things that you and I talked about is a lot about trusting in God, his grace, his mercy, his kindness. As you continue to evolve in your journey with him, where have you seen some of those things just really stand out in the journey? Oh man, Deb, that's a, that's a tough question. I, um, you know, I guess like some of the tough things that I've gone through, like for instance, you know, starting a business is a really tough thing. And then I got to, you know, I was a little bit still trying to look at my performance and trying to be doing this, doing that. And it kind of got to the point where God just put me in a position where all I could do is trust him. It was like, there's nothing more I could do than to trust him. And that's exactly where he wanted me to be because mm-hmm. he, he could see this guy just doesn't get it. He keeps trying to go back to performance or trying to earn something. And he just put me in a spot where literally I could do nothing but trust him. And, and he got me through. Yeah. And so it taught me a lot. And I don't. Yeah. I hope I don't have to go back to that school for a while because it was not fun. <laughs> I know. I know. Sometimes I think, can I pass this time so I don't have to go through this grade again? Because mm-hmm. it's just like, oh my goodness, there's the lessons. I call them the yes. lessons. Yeah. And of course, we know he's doing it with love and just out of really his love for us and wanting us to become the best person possible and to rely on him more and ourselves less. Right. Right. Yeah. He's he's a perfect parent and a perfect parent. You know, sometimes they have to discipline their children, and it's not always fun, but it always is for our good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. So as we talk about this journey that you're on, what I, one thing I really love about talking to you is your authenticity and your transparency around it's not always perfect. And the faith isn't always like at 100. Like there's times where that little thing starts creeping in again. What are ways that you feel like you keep yourself really grounded and focused, especially when you notice that that little is coming back? Well, a couple things. Um, Number one, I'm just really confident that I am God's child now. And I know he's never going to reject me completely. But then I and I also know that God still does hate sin. And I when I see it, when I see myself going off the rails, I I'm wanting to come back like I, I had I saw this illustration once of a jet airliner when it goes from one air, air, airport to another it doesn't make a perfectly straight line it's always course correcting and as I've gone further and further it's like hopefully my course corrections are a little sooner mm. and um, like earlier in my life I'd, I'd maybe just keep going off course longer and then and then finally I'd realize you know I need to ask God for his forgiveness and I need to get back and we're now I think I'm a little as time goes on, maybe a little sooner, seeing that I need to make a course correction, I need to ask God to forgive me, and I need to come back to His way. Yeah. You know, so. I, I love that analogy around the course correction. That's so good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so true. And we all go through it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get to own that one all by yourself. Like, we all have it, right? Right. And I also love that you're bringing up, like, the earlier you see it, you can make the correction sooner. And... I also hear you saying, like, as your walk with the Lord continues to increase, that's part of the reason we see it sooner, right? Because the more we live with him, yeah, it's just like, I know there's times, like, even the littlest thing that I do will bother me. Mm-hmm. Most people wouldn't have been on their radar, but the closer we get to him, oh, yeah, we know. Yeah, and I, and I love the term walk, you know, like this thought of 
you're heading out the door and you're like imagining that Jesus is there and he's going to be walking with you. And so like, hey, I'm planning on doing this, 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 but I know how it goes with you, Jesus. You a lot of times take me into these detours that I wasn't thinking of. And um, it's been so good for me to think back how God has like worked in my life because honestly, it's so easy to get into this cruise control mode of not thinking about God. I hate to admit that, but I just... I don't want to be that way, but sometimes I am. And that's why this is good, getting together and talking about things and hearing from other people how God has worked in their lives and, you know, just being excited and expecting. You know, he does want to talk to us. He wants to listen to us, you know, just like I want to listen to my kids. I want to hear from them and I want to talk to them. He's an infinitely better father than I am, of course, and he he loves us and wants to talk to us and Hang out with us. And, Amen. Yeah. He does so much. Any final thoughts you want to share with us today? Well, if there is one thing, Deb, I just, I really want people to know for sure that when they die, they've, that God's going to take them to heaven. And I hear so many people that say, well, yeah, I hope so. I'm, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of makes me a little sad because I, I, I feel like it's not by doing, you know, what is John 3.16? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He doesn't say whoever's performance is good enough will have everlasting life. He says whoever believes. So in other words, if, you, if you'll just simply trust him. And like, I love this verse. It's, it's uh, 1 John 5.12. It says, um, or no, 13 actually. Um, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Yeah. I'm not bragging when I say, I know I have eternal life. Yeah. I'm just telling you, I believe God's promise. I'm not, <laughs> Brian Larson doesn't, deserves to be in hell for all eternity, but because of God's grace, I've been adopted into his family and I can believe his promise and I know I have eternal life. And that's what I want for everybody that hears this message is to know for sure, not to have a I hope so, salvation. Yeah, I love that. Not so you have an I hope so salvation, but one that is based on the word. I know based so. Based on what we know. Like, yeah. we know this. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Whew. Brian, this has been amazing. I am just so grateful that you came in to join us today. And I'll tell you, I'm taking away a lot of insights today, too. So thanks so much for coming in. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to be here, Deb. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and may God be glorified in all that we both do. Like, just so amazing. Friends, thanks so much for tuning in today. We're thanking Brian Larson for joining us today to talk about his journey of going from being an atheist to knowing, loving, and accepting Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. If you've been listening, if that's something that that maybe you're pondering right now, we just invite you to pull out John 3.16. We invite you to ask Jesus into your life right now. We want to thank Philip Elke for engineering today's program. And we want to remind you to go out, live, share, and lead with joy. Have a great day, friends. Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.